welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on comics and graphic novel publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor at uh, PW, um, Editor of More to Come, Editor of PW Comics World, Editor of The Fanatic, PW's twice-a-week comics and pop culture newsletter. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. Okay, uh, more to come listeners. We have a great treat today. We have, like, really one of the most popular, you know, comics writers, I mean, over the last 10 years, uh, Scott Snyder. He's written Batman, Wonder Woman, uh, the Justice League, American Vampire. I could go on and on and on, um, but we've got other things to talk about. Scott, uh, thank you so much for being on More to Come again. Oh, it's a pleasure, Calvin. Thank you so much for having me back. I love what you do here and with Fanatic and everything, so it's a real thrill. Well, well, this is great. Uh, uh, we're recording this uh, as New York Comic Con returns. Uh, so I'm billing it as our kickoff of our New York Comic Con coverage. I mean, we, I know you're going to be up there at some point. Um, we're we're kind of doing this in remote locations. <laughs> I'm on the Lower East Side. Uh, of New York, but it's, it's, it's New York Comic Con is looming over all of it. So, uh, uh, this is a kickoff event. But, but one of the things, uh, really the main thing I wanted to talk about you, you, you've launched uh, a line of original comics. Um, at, you know, after many years at DC, these are all a little different. They're all genre comics, um, horror, you name it. Um, uh, uh, we also seem to be in the midst of this paradigm shift in the comics world. Where we have a lot of comics writers and artists such as yourself, you know, striking out to do something on a different platform. Uh, so I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, but you know, I would like to start out maybe for some of our listeners who don't know what, tell us about Best Jacket Press and, and how that figures in your, um, uh, your own publishing ventures. Oh, sure. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm happy to. Uh, so, you know, I, I've been at DC or I was at DC for about 10 years and I had a great time there writing Batman, like you said, and some of their big events and all of that. But all the while I was kind of also building this whole repertoire of ideas that I wanted to do once I was, once I was finished. And I promised myself when 10 years came up, I would, I would strike out on my own. So Best Jacket is kind of the culmination of all of that where it's a, it's my own personal studio. Um, I'm doing books, um, that I'm writing with a bunch of co-creators, uh, great artists. Yeah. And then I'm also going to be publishing books by up and comers and things too in the fall, in the, in the coming year. So it's sort of my attempt to, 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 uh, literally and figuratively kind of put on my best jacket. Um, it's a portmanteau of my son's names, my first two sons. We had another kid while we were over the, while I was, uh, getting it launched. So I have to add a Q because his name is Quinn to it, but Jack and Emmett are my son. So Jacket is like a mixture of their names. And the purpose is to, to try and remind myself that it's time to, to, to be a good member of the community and, uh, and try and make the best stuff I can creatively. And so, um, the first big, uh, the first big venture we have is this eight book deal with Comixology originals comiXology is the digital for anyone that doesn't know is like the digital platform for comics so if you want to get a batman comic or a captain america comic or an indie comic on your phone or your tablet or your computer you go to comiXology it's kind of the amazon marketplace of um digital comics and you download it but now um they've been getting into making their own comics and so uh the great thing about this is They've, um, they've partnered with Dark Horse Comics, which is a great, um, legendary, uh, 
publisher for anyone that, that doesn't know. They did Hellboy and all, all kinds of great stuff over the years. And so the comics come out first digitally, and then six months later, they come out in print as well, in a new edition for stores. Mm-hmm. So what I what I love about it, and it speaks to what you were saying about this kind of paradigm shift, I think, is that everybody is looking for ways to make comics stronger and healthier at this moment when geek culture is just so prevalent and ubiquitous. Everybody is letting their geek flag fly everywhere, you know, and finding their own, finding their own rabbit holes to go down. And so this is kind of like comicsology's attempt and our attempt to say digital should play a big part in kind of the evolution of comics. And so these eight books, like you said, span the, the whole range of genres. Um, the first one out is called We Have Demons, and it's like a big kind of horror summer blockbuster about a young woman who discovers her father was like the most famous demon hunter in the world, mm-hmm. uh, unbeknownst to her. And she has to kind of pick up his blade and save, save. Fabulous the art, I might say too. The oh, art yeah. is just, I mean, we can say that about all the books, but this really, uh, jumps off the page. Um, oh, thanks. And it's man. what that's Greg uh, Capullo. Yeah, Greg's my longest running. He and Raphael Albuquerque, who's also in the line, are like my two longest running partnerships. And so it's the first book that we own together, though, which is is the great thing. So the deal with Comixology allows me and my co-creators to retain all of the rights to the books, too, which is fabulous. So they're really they've been a great partner. What they're trying to do really is just show that digital comics should be um uh, complementary to print and that digital is a great way in to fall in love with comics. And the idea that one of the reasons we wanted to do it was because, um, if you get a subscription to Comixology Unlimited, you know, just a subscription to Comixology, you can read all the books for the price of one book a month and even probably more important, discover, you know, all these great classics on their backlist, all of these amazing up and coming young, diverse writers and artists. So my hope is that it'll be a gateway drug almost for people to take a look at our stuff and then fall in love with comics all over again, explore, and then go to the store and buy what you really love for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what is really is fascinating. I mean, you really are creating a, a full on full scale publishing operation. Um, mm-hmm. now, and I also read something now, are your co-creators, are they, you know, is, are they working with you or for you? Is, are, are they co-owners as well? They're co-owners. So yeah, it's totally, totally shared and collaborative. Mm-hmm. There, um, we have the copyrights together. So I wouldn't do it any other way with, with them. There, the, the whole fun of comics, honestly, cause I came over for books. Mm-hmm. I did, I remember doing stuff with PW back when I was pros back like 10 plus years ago. And I've always loved, I loved PW. Um, yes, cause the, you started uh, it as a, a fiction writer. As a, like, I did. A, I did. Yeah. Collection. I think I got a starred review to PW. It did. Yeah. Heart. I, I'll never forget that. It's still framed on my parents' wall. I so. love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, I think the beauty of comics as opposed to prose and why I really fell in love with working in it more predominantly is because it's collaborative. And so with this line too, every book, you know, shared, co-creator and comicsology encourages that. So it's a, it's a really, it's been a really fun team effort to kind of make things that we love with a partner that's not only about giving us creative freedom and giving us rights and a good wage, but it's also about pushing comics forward, saying, hey, listen, it's time for us not to have print and digital be competitive or have digital, you know, just be a distribution arm of of print comics. They should make their own comics. You should get subscriptions, explore all these great comics from all the different companies, and then be able to go out and go to the store. Like, you go to a sports bar when you love, you know, a team and 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 
be part of the community and, and get collectible material for yourself. Um, uh, I'm curious what the dark horse part of the deal is. This are these going to be uh, periodical comics and then collected into uh, to, to book formats, or how is that structured? It's a little bit of both. So one of the great things about Dark Horse and the Comicsology deal is that they're al- allowing us some flexibility to decide how the book should be published in print, given sort of the content. So mm-hmm. some of the books really fit a trade first a format better. Like they're one of them is called um, Barnstormers, for example, the bar- uh, and it's uh, a historical fiction, and that's one that I think you know we'd really lean into the idea of a beautiful collection. Uh, because it, it's, it's not really serialized quite as, 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 um, as hard as some of the other ones. Whereas a book like We Have Demons probably fits the direct market a lot better as periodicals sure. because we have a, Craig and I have a history with Batman and all that stuff. So that's one we're looking at different possibilities to be able to do single issue and, and different covers and that. So we're still finalizing all of it now, but one of the attractive things about the deal was that adaptability so that we can do things that help the direct market print. And also do digital differently. Now, is there an editorial structure too? I I, I know I've uh, what Will Dennis is um, yeah going to be working with you. A lot, you know, much respected, longtime editor. Yeah, I hired. A, he's full time, so he's he's like my partner in crime with this one. Um, he he's the person that greenlit my first big series, American Vampire. So we've been friends uh-huh. 11, 12 years. And uh, when uh, I got it started, I was like, look, man, I really, I need the best and you're the best. And if you, if you'll come over and do this with me, you know, we can make a long-term deal with it. So he's, he's, you know, he edits all the books. He keeps all the trains running. We have an assistant, Tyler. He's great. He's straight out of college and the most enthusiastic comic <laughs> fan you can imagine. I was like, how many hours do you want? And he was like, like 80 I was like, I don't have 80 hours, but so it's, it's a really fun team. You know, we like working together and uh, yeah, I have a tremendous respect for everyone involved. Well, comics are great for generating enthusiasm for sure. Um, but let's talk about, uh, uh, you, you talked about one of, I mean, three of the books to write are available now, right? And you mentioned one, this in, uh, month, yeah. uh, the demons book. Uh, so let's talk about the other two. Um, uh, because once again, it's an interesting, uh, balance of genres. That, I mean, I guess we haven't seen from you, but clearly these are, are things that really kind of uh, spark your imagination. Uh, a clear, which seems to be mm-hmm. like a hard boiled crime yeah. novel, you know, 50 years in the future. Exactly. Yeah. So the way the deal is structured, one of the fun things about it is that we have a new series releasing all the first three weeks of this month. So it's like, we have demons started. The number one issue came out on Tuesday. Clear the first issue comes out this coming Tuesday. And then Night of the Ghoul, the third uh, series starts the following Tuesday. Um, so clear is like our big speculative, speculative sci-fi, um, like you said, noir. And it's about a future in which we all connect to the internet mm-hmm. neurologically. And, uh, and essentially the big thing that everyone does is kind of skin the world or filter the world however they want. So the superstructure legally still has to be there. But like, if you want to look out and see everything as zombie apocalypse, that's how it looks. And if you want to look out and see everything as like manga or that's how it looks. And it's a murder mystery that takes place in this world where the main detective, Sam Dunes, keeps his setting on clear all the time. Um, uh, So he sees the world as it is or so he thinks. Um, And it's probably the most urgent of all the books in the way that it's very much about the fears that Francis Manipal, my co-creator, and I have for, I think, this moment for our kids where so many 
just so many mechanisms out there, whether it's the way search engines work or the way the music, you know, Spotify, other things they, they, the way they consume entertainment or information refers them back to the things they already like and asks them to, you know, Hey, you want, you like that? You want more of it? This. And instead of challenging them or unsettling them with things that might, um, you know, sort of disrupt or enhance, I think their, their, uh, their engagement or their input. So it's that kind of a book where everybody lives in their own subjective sort of reality. And the fun of it artistically is that Francis, it's like a buffet, you know, so anything he wants to draw, somebody can be looking through that, that we call them veils, the, yeah. um, his skins and he can draw whatever veil he wants so he's like i feel like drawing a western so someone's looking through a western filter yeah. and so it's a visual powerhouse of a book and he's he's just a great partner so yeah, yeah that's that's next week and you you've also kind of veiled it with these all of the classic tropes of the the you know the down at the heel shamus looking for his next you know gig but, yeah. but with a layer of psychological complexity and this tech technology technological future so it's an interesting matchup the, the mysterious, beautiful woman, uh, you know, and then suddenly a startling clue comes out of nowhere that, you know, uh, uh, that, you know, sends him off on, on more adventures. So yeah, it's got something for, you know, the conventional uh, reading of, of a crime novel and then it takes you somewhere else. It's really interesting. Uh, and now hardcore horror with this night of the ghoul. Oh yeah, it's uh so that comes out the third week on the 26th of October and it's with my longtime friend uh uh and uh collaborator on some of my first Batman stuff Francesco Francabilla and um it's an homage to all the kind of classic horror movies from the 30s and 40s that both of us love like all the universal monsters, you know, uh, the Wolfman and Dracula and Frankenstein. But it does it with a modern twist. So it's about a lost great horror film from the thirties called night of the ghoul. And it was destroyed in a studio fire that killed a bunch of people as well. And nobody knows what happened to it or the director. Um, but it was supposed to be this amazing masterpiece. And so this man, Forrest Inman, who's this kind of down on his luck guy who digitizes old film stumbles across the fragments of it. Um, and he finds the writer director still alive. Who's like a hundred, he's a hundred years old and is in a rest home in the desert in California and so the story is about this one night where he goes to interview this guy and find out what really happened on this film. And it's intercut between the fragments of the film, which are done in black and white, and this kind of burned celluloid style that I love that Francesco made up, and the actual full color sort of um, present day narrative where things get scarier and scarier as, as the old writer-director tells um, Forrest that the ghoul is real and, and is alive and well in this building and going to get all of them. So it's yes. it's a big, yeah, it's a big, it's it's sort of, it's straight up horror, but it's like, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a double helix of like, uh, you know, 1930s classic kind of black and white horror and real scary modern sort of uh, uh, brutal horror. All right. And this, these, this is just, these are just the first, uh, the initial titles of, uh, that are coming out, including a, a, apparently an illustrated novel as well. So you, you, yeah, you're that's the right. gamut here. I am. Yeah. Yeah. They're eight and all. So, yeah. you know, the fourth week of October on the 26th, we're doing a sampler. I think it's like, you know, 99 cents, something really cheap, but it has previews and pages from all the other books as well. So we're doing a YA book, like a young adult book called Dudley Dotson and the Forever Machine with great co-creator Jamal Eigel. We're doing a part prose, part, um, part graphic. 
uh, novel that's uh, about a world where everybody has been was born starts being born psychopaths, and uh, it takes place twenty years after that happens. And uh, called the book <laughs> of like evil. today's world, but go on. <laughs> I know. Well, the weird, the fun thing about that book is that you think it's going to be all. Um, you know, uh, destroyed and post-apocalyptic, but it, things actually weren't great in that world. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's a really spooky book. But we're doing a historical fiction called uh, Barnstormers, Me and Tula Lote, and then a, 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 a kind of manga-influenced teen adventure uh, called Duck and Cover about a nuclear exchange in the 50s that uh, only kids that hid under their desks survive, like those old PSAs, you know, and so. I was, I was yeah. one of those kids, man. That's what we, we used to have <laughs> Duck and Cover. I'm that old that we I remember those things. Yeah, and we even have a Western, Canary, with uh, it's about a mind collapse that has a dark secret with uh, Dan Panosian. So we've got a ton coming, and the sampler shows it. But the fun is really, like you said, I mean, it's just showing the range and beauty of comics, trying to push ourselves creatively and doing it in a way that's responsible with with partners that we really like. All right. I, I just got a couple more questions. I am curious, how long have you been working on this? I mean, you to jump out of the chute with eight titles um i don't know how far along you are on all of them but but maybe just briefly when did this start yeah it started a few years ago so the books Mm -hmm. were all things that me and my co-creators started squirreling away work on while we were at dc and doing other projects um just to have something that that was our own and so they they're pretty staggered i mean everybody all my friends are like how is it not killing you work-wise yeah. <laughs> but they're um they're staggered so i you know mm. the first wave of books is basically done on the writing side already because i i had um started them a little while ago and the set and the books come out in waves so at no point am i working on more than you know three to four books at a time which has always been my my kind of um comfortable my comfortable um output so like the first three books that are coming out now are just about done and then the next books that start right when these end in March, um, I'm, I'm a few issues into because I, I wrote them ahead. So it's a comfortable, it's actually like a comfortable um, output as crazy as it looks from the outside. Right. Well, I, 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 we can uh, we can wrap this up with maybe a little uh, a more overview of the moment that we're in and how things are changing. I mean, you're also on Substack. Now, I know you're sort of doing a writing class by by email um but a lot of people i mean it seems like they're uh, we're seeing people uh you know what uh webtoons uh another platform out there tapas media very similar to it um creating a new kind of combat uh comic consumed in a different way Mm -hmm. uh, attracting different kinds of uh, fans substack uh this newsletter platform seems to be attracting a a long list scotty young you're on it james tenian Molly Austin. Yeah. I mean, it's really an interesting group, man. It seems like more every day. Um, I mean, how will will your Substack um, uh, platform be for comics as well? Uh, uh, talking, will you be talking about the comics you're publishing on Best Jacket Press? How how will that figure into the uh, the Scott Snyder universe? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. I um, it is a really fascinating. An exciting moment, I think, Calvin, where, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many different players suddenly coming into comics and and uh, giving creators the opportunity to do things differently. You know, when I was coming up and historically, I, you know, it was always the, the mountain was DC and Marvel and the stuff that you did for yourself was sort of little, little sidebar um, projects. But now I think partly because, um, you know, even a few years ago, big 
you know, uh, big entertainment conglomerates, they only needed a small amount of, of good content, uh, to fill, you know, time slots on TV. You only needed like three great shows on Thursday night or right. Wednesday night or whatever. But now everybody binges everything and everyone needs exclusive content to sort of draw them towards their, um, their platform or their app or whatever it is. There's this huge demand for adaptability in comics because it's a visual medium. It's a serialized medium a lot of the time provides like a perfect on-ramp for, I think, a lot of that material. So there's this influx of players, you know, like people want to get in on it and help help creators sort of make things that they have a first look at or that they can say, hey, they did that here first, that sort of stuff. So it really is changing the landscape in this kind of tectonic way where mm -hmm. it feels exciting and scary because it's decentralized, you know. It, you see a lot of... um I think a lot of people sort of um, not moving away from DC and Marvel, but understanding that they have all these other opportunities to do things with everything from their comics to their social media, to their, their distribution um, to collectibles. People are setting up sites where they sell special collectible items that they make themselves. Mm -hmm. There's a, there's a, it's a moment of creator empowerment where people yes. feel like, you know what? Yeah. You know what? I feel like I can decide which way is right for me and take the risk and do it. And I think the pandemic, was a real catalyst for that as well. As terrifying as it was, it certainly spurred us to do this. Like mm -hmm. my, this line was going a lot more slowly. And I went to all my co-creators when the pandemic hit and everything shut down. And I was like, look, if, if you guys want to go back to Marvel and DC and be safer, you know, I totally understand. Don't worry about it. And they were like, no, we want to double down and do this. And so, um, you know, my Substack, I'm doing a, just a class for now. Mm -hmm. And the way it's done is that once a month, um, I do a live class on a topic in comics. So I do characterization and I do openings and I do conflict and I do dialogue and I do it for my local comic store at 9 p.m. right after they close. We do it live. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really fun. And then once, um, we do it after, if you subscribe to the, to the newsletter, which is it's only seven bucks a month. So seven bucks a class, mm -hmm. you can go back and look at all the classes archived and it's all video and archived and whatever. And you know, there, I give, every once or twice a week I give tips and all that. So teaching has always been a really big part of my, um, you know, my, my, uh, my, uh, mission in comics. I did it at a bunch of schools, you know, Columbia and NYU and Sarah Lawrence and all over the place. And I've really missed it. So for me, this is part of that best jacket kind of mantra of deciding, you know what, do something, don't use the Substack to make comics because you have enough comics coming out. Use it to invite people in and help other people make things they want to make. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. If you go over to best jacket, um, Substack platform, you can sign up pretty easily. Great. All right. Well, we, I, I intend to do that. And, and look, I, I'm going to thank you. That's a, uh, uh, I really appreciate you giving us some time here. The comics look great. Uh, you know, uh, we know your reputation for delivering for the fans, so we can't wait to see the rest of them. I've been lucky. I've had a chance to read the first three issues. So, uh, I'm waiting to see the rest of it. So, uh, good, good luck to you. We're, you know, we're watching you and a whole lot of other, you know, creators change the landscape. And just as you said, we're not taking anything away. We're, we're in a period now where it seems like there's more great comics to read than ever before. So, um, thanks for giving us some time. Can't wait to, uh, we'll let you get back to making more comics. Uh, and I really appreciate you being on, on the show. Thanks, Scott. Oh, no, I'll come back anytime, Calvin. Again, thank you for what you do for comics. It's much appreciated. All right, great. All right, take care.